Well, somebody needs to start the show. How about it, Peter? Hey, everybody. Welcome to 914 Wired, uh, your information source for all things Westchester and the surrounding uh, counties, including the Bronx and uh, other other environs. Uh, Charlie, how down. are you today? On, uh, the MLK holiday, Peter. Steelers. Uh, Ardina, how are you today? I'm great. Glad to have Kevin as a guest after cancellations, rebookings, not on his part, but on, on my part. Because since we have so many guests for our shows, it's hard to juggle schedules. But the important thing is that we have him today. And he's well, going we to have, talk our, about, our guest um, is Kevin Haskell, who's on. from Eastchester, but he's originally from St. Louis. And he is someone who likes to eat cheeses that people in Westchester County, it's called Provel. And if, uh, if anyone in Westchester County got a taste <laughs> of that stuff, uh, th they would boycott whatever it is they're eating. I'm not that familiar with it. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a cheese, it's a, it's it's, a cheese it's product they taste. put on pizza and other things that's quasi-Italian. So are we talking quasi-Italian? No, it is. It is quite, it's, 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 it's something that became popular in the Italian community in the part of the St. Louis called The Hill. And, um, and it's, oh. it's as much uh, cheese as Velveeta is, except it's an Italian version of Velveeta, I guess. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk, we are here to talk about uh, <laughs> something. I don't know if it's more important, less important in, in, to the world, but, but this is more important, more important for the kids of Eastchester. So, Kevin Haskell, why don't you um, lay out for us what your premise is about what's going on there? Sure. So, you know, kind of a synopsis of what's been going on. Uh, I have three kids. Uh, we've been a part of the Eastchester Little League program for almost 10 years. Um, we actually don't live in Eastchester. We live in Lawrence Park West in the Bronxville PO. Time and out. there have Time been out. some rumors Bronxville for PO. several years that the Eastchester. But where do you pay property taxes? Thank you. Go ahead, Kevin. Yonkers. Yes. So there had been rumors for a couple years that the Eastchester Little League was trying to ban non-resident participants uh, in the Little League. To be perfectly honest, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of parents and participants um, didn't give this much credence because we didn't really take it seriously. We didn't think that was going to happen. This was never put up for a vote in Eastchester. It was never put up for a public debate. Um, and the, the guidelines of Little League International are very clear that eligibility is determined by your residence in a town or within the boundaries of a program or your attendance at a school within those boundaries. And the reason that's important is because Eastchester and the villages within the town, that of Bronxville and Tuckahoe, very often don't have pre-K and kindergarten programs large enough to take care of their own population. So a lot of those parents choose to send their kids to schools like St. Joseph's in Bronxville, Immaculate Conception in Tuckahoe, um, the Chapel School in Bronxville, and a number of others. And really, this is when, in early childhood education, the relationships and friendships start to blossom. And they really germinate not just in the classroom, but also on the sporting fields where kids learn values, they learn how to play, they learn how to interact. And Supervisor Colavita in Eastchester unilaterally decided that he would not offer permits to the Eastchester Little League 
or the Tuckahoe Youth Association to use the park fields in his municipality if they allowed a non-resident who didn't go to their public schools to participate. And what's key to acknowledge here is that these programs are not run by the city or the, the town of East Chester. They are independently funded. They are independently staffed by volunteers, but they do use the municipal fields. They also use some of the school fields. So this is concerning for a number of us who have been involved in East Chester Little League. I've volunteered as a coach uh, for a number of years. Uh, that used to be the rule. If you weren't a resident, you had to volunteer. Totally fine. Totally understandable. Um, we've offered a number of compromises. Uh, people that aren't residents would be willing to pay a surcharge. They'd be willing to volunteer. Uh, none of this okay, has been that's met a with good, any that's a good starting you know, positive point. reception. Kevin, can you tell us what was the transformation? What changed recently? So, I mean, as far as I know, and again, um, I'm not on the board of any of these programs. I'm just a concerned parent. Uh, but what changed is Supervisor Colavita decided that this just wasn't how it was going to be. And in, in his letter to me, you know, he actually goes through a litany of reasons that he says, some that are connected, some that are not. These are fields that are funded by the East Chester taxpayer. He's claiming they've spent millions of tax dollars on these fields. Um, in the fields that I've played on, other than the, the recently renovated Garth Road field, mm-hmm. um, this is little more than mowing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously okay, concerned. Okay, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is spraying their ankles in these fields. Um, the, your place of residence didn't preclude you from participating in a league that played on an East Chester field. Is that correct? But now, Mr. Colavita, correct. supervisor of correct. East Chester, a town supervisor of East Chester, is saying, henceforth, you have to be an East Chester resident or you cannot play on these fields. That is that right? Not entirely. Because some of these schools will allow you to tuition in. So if you're not an East Chester resident, but you decide to pay tuition at Bronxville schools, or Tuckahoe schools, or East Chester schools, okay. then you can play. But other than that, he is saying you cannot. And in fact, as I mentioned, when you go on the Little League International website, they are very explicit. There are two ways you can qualify. You are a resident of the program, or and you attend and school within the boundaries. And those are the rules. And the, but hang on, that policy statement and when this, comes from a little league organ, a national little league organization. Correct. So, like, if you wanted to go to the Little League World Series, yep. this would be the organization that you know would enforce those rules. And when this came down, I was you know because I, as I posted on next door which is, and I am not the type of person that would normally post on a next door. Uh, normally it's a bit of a dumpster fire, for lack of a better term. <laughs> but, it, you know, it was interesting to see the comments that were coming out and people were saying, this is how it is everywhere. Well, okay, I posted it, so I'll be naturally curious. So I went on the Little League websites in Pelham, Larchmont, Rye, Scarsdale. You know, these are all comparable municipalities in the area. All the same. Your qualification is you live in the district. Private or, or you public. attend school in the district. Okay. So, Ardina, Correct. this reminds me of what we spoke with Fred Polvere about a few weeks ago. Scout Field, 
All right, and it, it, it seems field. like there's this emerging, I don't know if it's a trend, but there's a tilting of some sort. It's a provincialism. It's a, it's a, they're, I won't call it a turf war. It's not a turf war, but it's a low grade um, turf beef that seems to be emerging around the parks and the, uh, the these, these quasi governmental accommodations. What's but it's but it's but it's also but it's also hypocritical because Colavito has no problem. That whole Lake Isle issue involved Eastchester and Mount Vernon. He had no problem uh, utilizing Mount Vernon's fields. He has no problem using those fields at all. They're in Mount Vernon, but he uh, he allows them. And I saw you shaking your head. Up and down, Kevin. Um, you know, it, it's 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 capricious, is what it is. There's there's no other way around this, because uh, he's two faced. He he does it when it benefits him, and now he's being draconian when he thinks he has the right to do that. Or do you? Right, or, right or wrong? Well, I, I, let me answer. Well, I, I, let me answer. Let me answer, answer for a quick second. I, I I think that there. I, I I personally think that there's some more nefarious so uh, reasons at, at hand. And those nefarious reasons are because let 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 us remember that Eastchester is bordered by Eastchester right. very close to Yonkers and Mount Vernon, so in many ways this is um, black versus Italian. Black versus the means Italian. Of, That's what it is. Well, it, it is. I, I don't even I, look. I, I don't want to say it, it's Italian. I I want to say that it's an issue of just show. Let's leave that at at the exclusion of Yonkers kids and Mount Vernon kids participating in Eastchester kids' alleged turf. That's what it comes down to, and and it spreads out to what to, to to what we're talking about today with Kevin's issue. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned Scout Field because I actually had a conversation with Rich Thomas, the former mayor of Mount Vernon, and as you all know, Scout Field is is a county park, but jointly administered by Eastchester, Mount Vernon, and Yonkers. And I guess when Rich's administration was in power in Mount Vernon, Colavita had, had kind of uh, you know. Raise discussions of this sort of policy. And then, you know, kind of Rich's position was, well, then you can't use Scout Field because Bronxville put a lot of money yeah. into building a very nice baseball diamond down there. But if you want to say that's for the exclusive use of Bronxville and the residents of Eastchester, well, then why don't all the Yonkers and Eastchester residents that go to St. Joseph's in Bronxville insist that that's yeah. also their home this, field. Kevin, this sounds to me like provincialism. You know, it, it sounds like it's it's tinged with racial animosity of some sort. I can't quite put my finger on it. Tinged? It's more it's than a, tinged. It's, it's, it's problematic. And what I'm saying here is like <clears throat> these communities that you're talking about are too small to have these sorts of issues. It's like there's a certain amount of land. We're all here. Okay. Nobody was you know, I don't think there's a hospital in Eastchester. I guess there is in Bronxville. Very few of us were born on this ground. It, it's it's all Indian territory originally. So why can't we all just kind of get along and let the Little League teams play where they want to play? Well, and I'd, I'd even go, like, if, if Colavita wants to, you know, he, as I said, he said it was about their taxes and their expenditures and improper registrations of non-resident school students and you know so on and so forth but i would argue that especially and i've lived up here 12 years now in this area and 
you know, the East Chester, Mount Vernon, Yonkers, Bronxville, Tuckahoe right. area, it's all symbiotic. And if you want to, yeah. if, if you want to tell the communities of St. Joseph's or ICS or Chapel that they're not welcome in East Chester after school hours, well, what's the commercial impact of that to the East Chester taxpayer? If I stop getting my dry cleaning done in East Chester, if I stop patronizing Bronxville restaurants, if I stop doing back to school shopping, you know, in East Chester and Bronxville, of which almost all the families in the chapel and, and mm-hmm. St. Joseph's communities that I'm a part of do, that's a seven figure impact to the taxpayers bottom line. You know, yes, these, you know, many of the comments where I busted my butt to buy a house in East Chester, you should do the same. Well, that's great, but those same people are also complaining about their property taxes. Yeah. Do they think those are going to go down yeah, and or so up what? You if chose people take to their business you chose out to of live. their municipality? There's no fence around East Chester. There's no fence around Yonkers. People are going to choose to, people, not, not people yet. Are going to, choose not to yet. live in different places uh, for a variety of different reasons. You, Kevin, you're very thoughtfully raising the economic issues here, but I, I'm just like kind of look at it like on an empathetic level. You're talking about kids ages six, seven, eight, nine years old playing in Little League. What could possibly be the harm from allowing them to participate in a Little League that happens to play on a field in East Chester? I, I don't, it just don't get it. Well, and, and, and again, no one is asking for unfettered access to these leagues. We're not saying anyone should be able to play. We're saying abide by the guidelines that have always been in place. Abide by the recommended guidelines of the Little League International and the same guidelines all the Are you asking, have you written to the Little League International and asked them to remove uh, the exclusivity for, or, or, or the uh, the ability for them to call themselves I know Little that, League? Well, and that's where I said that there could be an impact on some of the, you know, young athletes in Eastchester, because I know that there is uh, an effort by some concerned parents to go directly to the League International. So, and to decertify them, which means, say you get a talented team in Eastchester Little League or the Tuckahoe Youth uh, Association, they wouldn't be able to go to the Little League World Series. And in fact, you know, I got, uh, there was a letter sent out by the Tuckahoe Youth Association um, who also uses the East Chester Fields, being very clear that they did not want this to happen. And they petitioned Cola Vida not to take this policy. My understanding is the East Chester Little League did the same. So this is not a policy that these programs want enforced. You know, my youngest child, he just turned five years old. He had his first year of T-ball this year. He loved it. You know, all of his class members are in there. Some of them live in Bronxville, some are in East Chester, some are in Yonkers. And when we told him he couldn't play on that team again, he just burst into tears. It's, it's, hard, it's heartbreaking. It's impossible to you know, that, explain to him at, at his level. So, Kevin, as a parent, as a, uh, uh, a coach who's not paid for any of this, what, what do you tell your kid in that situation? You know, the... Trying to explain uh, municipal government to a five-year-old uh, is not the easiest thing to do. Um, and I said, you know, unfortunately, there are some people that, you know, don't want to mix with other people. And, you know, we're not like that. Our community's not like that. Uh, you know, 
it would be the equivalent, you, you know, we're parishioners at St. Joseph's in Bronxville. And, you know, we have CYO basketball. And, and probably what half does CYO the, stand for? the athletes uh, go to the Bronxville school. Thank you. Catholic Youth Organization. Uh, Catholic Youth Organization. And, you know, but we, it would be tantamount to us telling students of Bronxville that they can't play in our basketball league. Right. Which, and there were some parents who suggested that we do that. And I, you know, I always have to listen to my mo- my mother, God rest her soul, in the back of my head saying two wrongs don't make a right. Have you, have you <laughs> talked to a lawyer you know, about suing Eastchester? I know that there are some uh, members of the community who are lawyers who have kind of floated the idea, but quite frankly, pooling the money to do it or finding somebody to do it sure. pro bono is uh, is difficult at best. Um, you know, it, this is this is one of those things where maybe, and, and I, I think that there are some very nefarious reasons to your point that Supervisor Colavita came to this decision. But if we take a step back and say, Let's just give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And he was worried about traffic or impact on the fields. I'm not sure a bunch of six-year-olds running around on grass makes that much of an impact. But, you know, once you hear from a number of concerned parents and children, don't you just take a step back and think maybe this wasn't the best decision? I think it's part of a master plan. I did do some online snooping, and apparently he's done the same thing with the soccer league. The soccer league, if, if you go to the Eastchester Soccer League page, it says that inclusion on the soccer league, the soccer league team are the towns of Eastchester, Tuckahoe, and Bronxville. says nothing about Yonkers, says nothing about Mount Vernon. And there also uh, is an exception for children who attend the Eastchester public school system. But here again, we're so, talking about exclusivity. And, and these... These schools, these districts don't operate in a vacuum. 20% of the budget for the Eastchester public schools is state and federal funding. So it's ah, it's not as wow. though people aren't putting in. And again, people have offered to pay a surcharge. You know, but if it's just mind-boggling to me that you would say, "Hey, you can go to school together, but you can't swing a bat together. You can't kick so a Kevin, ball together." Yeah. Like, these are How old children. Is Calavita in his 70s now? Well, this is, uh, Kevin, I think Peter's that thinking what know. I'm thinking. This town supervisor of East Chester is not a novice at East Chester politics. He is uh, a longtime person. I don't know how far back, but it goes back a long way because I've been around here and I've heard his name for decades. So he understands the political implications. He's a very connected person in the Westchester County Republican Party. What could he possibly be thinking? You know, what are we? Are we? Is this America's cultural civil war washing up into the little league? Is that what this is? You think that's what this is, Ardina? Yeah, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, it, cultural imperialism is done in overt and both covert ways. And for somebody of Colavita's generation and perhaps political persuasion, this is part of the playbook. This is just how it's done. And I don't mean not to be dismissive, but again, it is part of their playbook. And right. we see it manifest itself 
at the voting booths and we see it manifest itself in well, local just, communities yeah. such he's as in his early, by the way he's today. in his he's and in his early shame. 60s so, uh, i'll 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 take another side to that Ardina, or not another side but another angle per se because i've been a lifelong republican um until 2016 <laughs> now, now, now i'm an independent but you know this isn't the playbook of one party or another this is the playbook of autocrats and bullies and, and those exist in every party and you know one of the things that i noticed in doing a brief cross-reference on linkedin which i thought was interesting and you guys having much more experience in local politics here might have some insight but some of the the loudest voices uh, defending this decision and getting a bit nasty with some of the posters are actually public employees in East Chester and Tuckahoe. You know, there's wow. an employee in the town uh, registrar's office at East Chester. There's a teacher at the Tuckahoe Public Schools. You know, and I wonder, and I, I have no evidence of this, but I wonder if there's not a sense of uh, weaponizing local government here. Kevin, you know, do, do you have any background point. as a political scientist? Very because you're point. making yeah. some very yeah. insightful points. Uh, as a younger person, I, I was very, very politically involved. Um, I worked in the Bush White House. Um, I raised a lot of money for Mitt Romney when he's still governor of Massachusetts. I went to school up there and lived up there. Um, I mean, I going all the way back to the late nineties, working on local campaigns in St. Louis, where I was from. Um, you know, I, I think that it's, and I think like so many of us, I've been so disheartened in recent years as to the, the low levels that the tone of our political discourse has taken. Um, you know, I was raised in a house, a lot of people say, never talk religion or politics. And mm -hmm. that was the opposite of our dinner table. Um, you know, we always talked religion and politics, but it's, it's not that we shouldn't talk politics or we shouldn't talk religion. It's that we need to be able to have that conversation in a civil tone where just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I need to demonize you. Yeah. And I think that to your point that you made, like that kind of simmering down into things like a local little league is just evidence of how corrosive i, I would i would leave on that note um kevin uh you are a uh parent a little league coach um a westchester resident you're raising your hand and and synthesizing important issues and i can tell you on behalf of ardina and peter uh it this isn't unique we've had other shows on topics about, that are very similar we mentioned scout field we mentioned the uh bronxville uh not ardina what's it called not the bronxville the field house the field club in, in bronxville field. so there's the these sort of mini bronxville field conflicts club, yes. that go on and they really kind of boil down to this this low-grade provincialism but i i I don't see anything good ever coming out of that because it's like you're talking about your neighbors. If you can't find a way to get along with the people who live within four miles, you know, for crying out loud, we're not talking about a conflict on the other side of the world. But, Char but Charlie, your, mis your mistake, Charlie, is that you think that they consider each other neighbors and people who live they in some of these communities they don't. don't consider anyone but the people who 
pay taxes in that and community to be Peter, their neighbors. That they don't is consider... a social and political disintegration, right? Whatever, what you're talking about. Yeah. But that's that's the way. But that's that's been that way. Well, in look, Ardina, that's the reality. Charles, the three of us have lived in Westchester most of our lives, mm-hmm. right? And that's it's been that way in Westchester for generations. I mean, we're talking about Bronxville, like it's some like it's some grand experiment. <laughs> In, in, in great social uh, conversation. And, and until the 1970s or 80s, Jews or blacks could not legally live in Bronxville until the 1970s. So, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like it's, it's the existence there's of some great communities to begin with. Like, Kevin, you're not from here, so you don't know about some of these things. But there are country clubs in some of these communities that to this day don't accept Jews and blacks in Westchester County. No. Absolutely, absolutely. There, there's always been the existence of invisible right. walls in Westchester. What we're experiencing now is those invisible walls have moved, have, have, have now incorporated classism. So, not a, back, back in the day when Peter and I were growing up, it was blacks <laughs> and Jews, and now it has been extended to people of other classes. That's exactly what it is. Now, the thing is, how do we change it? I mean. It, the, the, it, you, the, the, irony, the irony is that you have fire departments in these districts that have a cooperation system called mutual aid. In other words, if there's, if there's a big fire in Yonkers, God forbid, and there aren't enough firemen, they will enlist firemen from other towns. That's fine when that happens. But when you were talking about young children from other towns playing, playing sports in Eastchester, then all of a sudden that's off the table. Well, and, and I would say that you know, I've lived here for a dozen years, and I was I was shocked by some of the things that you just discussed, because I grew up in a very different community in the Midwest. And, you know, we originally lived in Fleetwood, now we live in Yonkers. And kind of the, the bubble that surrounds some of these towns, you know, imaginary or otherwise, was shocking to me. And the question is, how do we fix that? Is this. Right. It's Little League. It's like kids play together. Let them make friends in neighboring communities. I mean, when I first moved to Bronxville, I think my first introduction to this was kind of a two by four to the head. We were having dinner with (laughs) some uh, friends of friends who arranged a dinner for us to meet with this family in Bronxville. And the father was discussing how he sent his daughter to Kenya that summer to volunteer for a week. And I'm like, oh, well, that's that's nice. Like, why? What made you do that? And he's like, well, she's got to realize that the world isn't like Bronxville. And I looked at him and I go, why not go down 22 and That's volunteer a in that point? Burn? That's a very powerful point. And uh, you don't I need appreciate to go to you coming on here on behalf of Peter <laughs> wow. Moses and uh, Ardina Seward, my partners in crime in 914 Wired. Thank you, Kevin Haskell, uh, for raising your hand, telling this story, and coming on 914 Wired. That's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, I'm Charlie Stern. If you're listening to the podcast, please um, subscribe, follow on YouTube. And uh, we're going to get more guests out here like uh, Kevin Haskell. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again.